Good evening, everybody. I was about to say good morning, San Francisco from Full House. <laughs> um, yes, good evening. It is Sunday evening when we're recording this beautiful episode of the Puck and Write Chicago podcast. Um, after some crazy shenanigans that happened uh, at the end of the first round, which we will get to. We will get to because um, history was made. History was made. <laughs> Chaos has happened. Um, but now we're on to the second round, and it's. I'm not saying it's quiet, but it's quieter with only two games per night instead of like four. Um, yeah. So, Megan, how are you feeling? How's your life going? Life is good. You know, I'm. Raleigh has been. Literally, Raleigh has never been more fun to live in. <laughs> I was going to say, what's it like down there right now? It's, uh, it's definitely. The city has definitely taken on hockey, like in the last, like, couple months, especially the last, like, week or so. It's just so funny because none of my co, not none of them, um, shout out to my coworkers. Um, my team specifically doesn't, like, really none of them watch hockey. Um, but there are a couple guys in in the team that kind of sits next to us that watch it. So I've talked with them and whatever over the course of the season. Um, most of them giving me crap for the Blackhawks, but that's fine. We love um, that. It's it's fine. Um, but it's funny because all of a sudden everybody is talking about the Hurricanes, like the local sports people who don't know anything about the sport yep. are talking about it, which is really iconic. Um, about your news people, are your news people talking about it? Like local yeah, news exactly. channels? Like our, yeah. local, our local channels are talking about it, and they literally have no idea what they're talking about, and it's kind of everything. Um, it's like, we're just here to have fun. Like the buses, <laughs> like we have like, uh, we don't have a subway, obviously, or, or any kind of like that kind of transportation, but our like local city buses all say go Canes after they say like their destination. Um, that's so cool. I love it's that. Really, you know, it's just, we've got banners downtown. Um, we've got a big statue of Sir Walter Raleigh, the guy who founded Raleigh, uh, the guy, um, just some dude, Yeah, whatever. Um, he's got, uh, they've got on his, on the base of his statue, they've got canes like flags, um, on each of the sides of the, you know, base and then he's wearing like hockey socks like the alternate black and red hockey socks and then he's got a canes jersey kind of haphazardly sewn on to him um so that's really cool i walk by him every day um and he's got a hockey stick in his hand instead of his usual like it's not a scepter like maybe like a walking cane kind of thing um they changed it out for a hockey stick so they usually i mean he usually gets decorated for stuff like if there's like a convention in town and whatever and mm-hmm. like in october he's usually wearing pink for breast cancer awareness and stuff so he's usually dressed up it's just funny to see him in hurricane stuff because i don't think that's happened before um the he's hurricanes are also kind of doing something unprecedented <laughs> so <laughs> at least in just the last this little thing so uh yeah it's been fun um it's just it's funny how quickly this city embraced hockey because if you asked somebody about the hurricanes like a year ago people just don't want to talk about it and now all of a sudden it's like a thing and i i have this sad inkling that i feel like ticket prices are going to go up next season and i'm going to be really sad because i'm not going to be able to go to games for like 20 bucks yeah 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 but hey hey at the expense at the expense of them doing well and winning yeah. games, I think it's okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I'll 100% take it. It's it's so much more fun to have a team that uh, that you can get behind. And 
especially in like a non-traditional market because like Chicago is always going to be a fun hockey city, whether or not the Blackhawks are doing well. Oh my um, God. So it's gonna the be United Center thing is with baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with baseball. Like they're always going to be, Chicago's always going to be a big baseball city, even if the White Sox and the Cubs aren't good. Hey, White um, Sox aren't good right now and people still show up. Exactly. <laughs> Props um, to you people. If you do that, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and your top prospect just went down too, so it's looking a little murky over there on the south side. Yeah. Sorry. Come to the north like, side. Be it's fun. just, uh, it's just cool because it's just um, unprecedented, at least recently. And I've never experienced it because I've never lived up north. I've always lived down in the south, so uh, I haven't really experienced a full-on hockey playoff kind of. Uh, atmosphere and it's very cool I know I talked about my experience at the game last week and uh, we'll talk a little bit about their game seven uh, when we get to it a little bit later but that was also ridiculously fun got my adrenaline racing but it was fun so um, yeah it's it's fun we're good things are good down in Rollywood or um, as Olivia likes to call it the windy city of the south oh good love that yeah we Olivia jokes that Raleigh takes literally the name of, like, nicknames of all the other, like, we steal nicknames and we just use them. Like, like Raleigh, Like, Raleighwood instead of Hollywood. People, I've heard other people aside from Olivia call Raleigh the Windy City of the South. I mean, it is fairly windy down here, to be fair, but. Hey, we're not, not windy because we're wind. It's not windy because of the wind up here. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, gotta, gotta love Raleigh. Gotta love well, Uh, Having said that, and just trying to get into the playoffs, let's just breeze through these NHL notes and news and things that have happened, um, and then just get to the playoffs, because that's where all the fun stuff happens. So I'm just going to run through these hot quick. Also, if I sound like a dying whale, um, (laughs) this is because I am getting allergy tested on Friday, which... If any of you guys out there with allergies, you know the caterpillar test with the little the little needles and they put them in your arm and on your back and if you get hives, it means you're allergic and if you don't, you're not allergic. I have to do that on Friday and I can't be on any antihistamine medicine uh, for seven days. Let me tell you, I've been taking Allegra every single morning for the past five years. The last three days have been horrible. I have been sneezing everywhere like... My allergies, I have heartburn all of a sudden. Like, I never realized how much I depend on taking allergy medication every morning until I can't take it. So I've been sounding just like a, just like a, a, a not healthy person. So you sound fine. Okay. Thank you. And also if there's a random sneeze in there, I sneezed six times in a row this morning. Like it's bad. So if I <laughs> sneeze at some point, just say bless you and continue going on. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about a couple injuries that have happened since we last talked. So, uh, the Winnipeg Jets have been eliminated. They were eliminated in their game six, um, last week, um, Nikolai Ehlers reveals that he played on a fractured leg in game six after taking a shot from Colton Pareko in game five. That's literally a hard pass for me. I'm (laughs) sitting here. You can attest to this because I just showed it to you. I'm sitting here. It's a long story, but I'm sitting here with a very bruised and banged up knee on the couch. I've been on the couch all day, literally playing video games because I am a wimp and I, it hurts so bad to walk and it's literally just, a really bad bruise. I fell on some rocks this morning. Like I said, long story, but that's incredible that he played through a fractured leg. That is just hockey players are just a whole different breed because you would not find that in any other sport. Like, yeah, yeah. 
any other sport. Hey, you try and look at soccer and they twist their pinky and they're like, oh, God. Oh, my God. They break a nail and they're out. Like, it's just, come on, bro. And then (laughs) Zach Hyman from the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, will miss the start of the 2019-20 season due to an ACL tear. Um, I was under the impression that it happened in game seven. It happened earlier in the series, like game three or four, and he played like three, two or three games on a torn ACL. Like my dad tore his ACL a couple of years ago playing pickup basketball at the gym we go to. (laughs) He went up to take a shot and he came down and he tore, like completely ripped up his knee and he like couldn't even get up and like walk on his own off the court. So for Zach Hyman to play two to three playoff hockey games on a torn ACL, okay, Okay, bud. So he'll miss the start of the season. Um, those are the only really big ones that have come out since um, since the seasons have ended for both of those teams. Um, so kind of moving into more news about players. The Vancouver Canucks re-signed goaltender Thatcher Demko to a two-year $1.05 million contract extension, which I really like Thatcher Demko. I've been watching him since he was uh, in junior and then in college too as well. And then I've been watching Mikey DiPetrio for a long time. Um, and those are the two goalie prospects that uh, Vancouver has coming up in the system. So behind, I think behind Markstrom next year and like a, towards the end of this year, he did pretty good. But being full-time under Markstrom is going to be really good for him just to get some advice and and just leadership, I guess, under him of how to be a goaltender at this, le- at this level. So that'll be pretty fun to watch. Um, and then a couple more NHL award nominations came out. So the Mark Messier Leadership Award, um, the three nominees are Mark Giordano from Calgary, Wayne Simmons from Nashville, and Justin Williams from Carolina. Uh, for the Ted Lindsay, which is MVP voted on by the players, uh, Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks, Nikita Kucherov from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Connor McDavid from the Edmonton Oilers. Um, the Jack Adams Award, which goes to the best head coach, um, Barry Trotz of the New York Islanders, John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Craig, Craig Berube of the St. Louis Blues. And then the Hart Trophy, which is the MVP voted on by the uh, by the um, the writers, writers and the the, uh, the association. Um, Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers. I have something to say. <laughs> you say it, girl. I don't like the picks for the Jack Adams Calder or Hart trophies. Oh, I I totally forgot the Calder. Uh, Jordan Bennington of the St. Louis Blues, Rasmus Dahlin of the Buffalo Sabres, and Elias Pettersson of the Vancouver Canucks. I totally passed that one. What's funny about that is I didn't even realize that you skipped it. I I went straight Uh, from Jack Adams to Hart, and I completely jumped over the Calder. Sorry, uh, thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're good. Um, Yeah, no, I I take issue with all three of those last ones. Interesting. Why the Jack Adams? Like, did you expect it to be anyone different? Okay, I know you want Rod in there, but like – Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So in my mind, that award, and I think Barry Trotz is very worthy of it, and I think Craig Berube is very worthy of it. I have an issue with John Cooper because because he was given an all-star team, an all-star team that he has had for how many years have they basically had that core? Like two or three? Uh, Maybe longer? Yeah, probably. I mean, Braden Point was drafted 2014. So that, and that's but like, like I'm the talking last like big Kucherov, guy. Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky is fairly new. Tedman. Kucherov, Kucherov was further back, like 2011, 10. Stamkos was over first overall in 08. Hedman was, I think, right around 09, 10. So they've had at least that. They've had most of that core since like the 2015 run. Most of it. Yeah. So 
here's my problem with that. That is four years of a very good team that gets pretty deep in the playoffs every year except this year. I just, you look at, and I know I'm biased. I get it. You can call me biased all you want, but here's the thing. Rod Brindamore literally took this team. (laughs) And if you don't know who that is, you should. But it's the Hurricanes captain. I'm not captain, coach. Might as well be the captain, honestly. Um, He took a team that literally could not get to the playoffs in 10 years and got them to the playoff his first year and won them a series his first year coaching. I just feel like that's worth something. Whereas, like, John Cooper has coached the same good team for, like, years I don't know. I I just take issue with that one. And I I knew that was going to happen. I knew it. But I think, I mean, I really like Barry Trotz. I think he's turned around the Islanders like on a dime this year. And obviously Craig Berube came in and the Blues were turned around in like three months, Mm -hmm. which is still unbelievable to me. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, But I said I would be nice. I made a promise to the hockey gods that I would be nice about the Blues. Yep. So I'm being nice. Mm -hmm. They're their situation is impressive. I'm going to give them that. Mm-hmm. Moving on. I had an issue with the Calder, too. <laughs> okay, but we all know who's going to win the Calder. Like, I think Miro Heiskanen should have had a nod over... That's, I think he should have had a nod. <laughs> I think he should have had a nod over Jordan Bennington because Rasmus Dahlin, yeah. like, Buffalo didn't have a good year, but if you look at... And I talked about it on our power play, like, weeks ago, but if you look yeah. at his numbers and you look at that, like... He had a great rookie season yeah. and nobody talked about him. But I like Jordan, for as good as Jordan Bennington has been, I think I think Miro Heiskinen should have gotten um a nomination over him with the two others. Because literally Bennington had only been playing he only played like what, like thirty something games? They maybe him up 40 at, games. Like, right around that time, like at the end of January when they started just tanking. And to be fair, I'm going to say one mean thing about the Blues, but mm. it's about one person specifically. Are you, are you going to test this? Or are, you, are you going to test the hockey gods, Megan? For a second. Megan, you but, but anybody, Megan. Okay, but you put anybody next to Jake Allen and they look good, okay? I know Jordan Bennington is good. He's good. I'm not going to say he's not good. Okay. But, like, you look at him compared to Jake Allen, which one are you going to pick? Honest to God, which one are you going to pick? Okay, you're going to pick Bennington, but like... That's what I'm saying. Like, the thing like, is, I, the problem for me is that Rasmus Stalin and Elias Pettersson both had full, like, barring Pettersson's exactly, injury, they saying. both had like, full, like, big sample sizes. Like, Bennington's sample size is, like... so small. Small. Yeah, and Miro Heiskanen's been playing all year, too. He played, like, yeah. almost a full season, I'm pretty sure. Did he miss? Yeah, I think he... I don't think he missed a single game. I think he played every game, so... I'll confirm I don't want to hear it. Jordan Bennington had no time, and yes, I get it. He, when you compare him to Jake Allen, I get it, mm-hmm. but he played, yeah, he played a full 82 I, games. Miro Heiskanen played yeah, a full 82. Exactly. Darlene, yeah. I'm going to look up Darlene's. Darlene also played a full 82. Pedersen was hurt like half the year, but he still he played, played 71. Eight. He played, he missed That's nine like games. basically the whole game, the mm-hmm. whole season. Mm-hmm. I'd say anything over 70 is basically the whole season. Yeah. So I just... And I know he's doing really well in the playoffs and whatever. He's also 26. So he, like, I and I know a lot of people are going to bring it back to the whole Panarin thing because he was 24 when he won the, the Calder Trophy. But Jordan Bennington has been playing in the AHL, which to me is the closest step to the NHL. Mm-hmm. And I would probably put the KHL right behind that. So in my mind, like, it's... Like, technically, yes, Panarin was playing, like, 
he technically was playing in a professional league before he played with the Blackhawks, but it's not like he played in the AHL. He wasn't like, I don't know. That's like saying Colin Dealey is a rookie. He's not. Yeah. Like he's just not. I mean, he's 25 ish. I think he played, he Uh, played last season. Exactly. Like, I mean, I know Jordan Bennington didn't play last season, but like, it's not like he didn't play in the AHL. Yeah. So I don't, I just, ugh, it just makes me mad. And then finally, we're getting to the freaking heart trophy because, and I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen because this is how it goes down every year, aside from the year that Patrick Kane won it. I said, probably back in like February or March, when they, I think it was February, when they were on like that insane tear where they looked like they were going to make the playoffs. The Blackhawks looked like they were going to make the playoffs because Patrick Kane was incredible. You're telling me. That a guy who scored, who who got like over 110 points in the regular season pretty easily and literally dragged his team towards the playoffs, didn't make the playoffs. I just, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it is because, I so here's the thing. I'm fine with Kucherov. I figure he's going to win it anyways. And then I was fine with Connor McDavid because he gets it basically, like he gets a nod for it basically every year because he's Connor McDavid. But Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby barely hit 100 points, didn't do anything in the playoffs. And I know these aren't based on the playoffs. I get it. But he didn't do anything in the playoffs. And you're telling me, I just, I don't know. I take issue with that one too. I know I'm just taking issue with everything and I'm probably just being nitpicky because that's my nature. But, Oh man, I, I saw these last three, the last couple of days and I was like, wow, I don't agree with any of these. Yeah. I think I, I agree with the Kucherov and I agree with McDavid and I also agree with Sidney Crosby's nomination. Um, he was the Pittsburgh Penguins best scorer by 18 points this year. <laughs> And pretty much, I don't know, like, and I'm always on Sidney Crosby's side. Like, I will never bet against Sidney Crosby. I'll never go against Sidney Crosby just because of how quietly consistent that he is. Like, he, people talk about him and you're like, oh, look what Crosby did. Look what, but like, it's the little things that he does right every single game and ever, like, and on and off the ice. And I know this is just on ice performance, but like, that's aside. But, He's the captain for a reason. He's one of the best players in the world for a reason. And he quietly does things right that nobody notices every single game. Um, So other than Brian Dumoulin, who had a plus 31 this year, which is incredible. um, He had a plus 18. So he's right under Brian Dumoulin um, there. And I don't know. I just... I'm never, I, just, I never I bet against Sidney Crosby, like, and I watched a lot of Penguins games this year, and you notice when he's on the ice, because he's always making the right choice, he's always doing, like, making the best decision, he's making great plays, whether they're dazzling, or whether they're just, like, small, little, itty-bitty plays that no one really cares about, like, that's also just, like, I can't ever bet against Sidney Crosby. I can't, and I can't say that he's not a Hart Trophy nominee because he is to me. So, and that's see, and, that, and that's fair. Like I, I get it, and I know why he's nominated, and I, I get it. Like I, I get it. I just feel like Kane was snubbed, which well, I'm not I love. By, but but he's, I love he's nominated Kane for the too. Ted Lindsay, which makes more sense, anyways. 
because that's, that's who the players are going to vote for. So it's I, it's fine. I mean, it, it's not like I can change it. Right. And like, but... I'm not saying that I'm not trying to say, too, that Patrick Kane shouldn't have been nominated for the heart because I think he makes a very good case for it. Um, it's just I think the heart, in a sense, is a very all around um award to win both offensively and defensively and both all of these I mean, players on the Kater's list defense sucks and all of the all of like especially because the Ted Lindsay is based on players perspective and yeah. a lot of the times it's who's the hardest guy to play against and I mean Patrick Kane when he's Nine in the offensive zone it's, be Patrick Kane, yeah. it's an offensive player because they score a lot of goals on you and you don't want goals scored on you but they can do stuff with the puck that's incredible and Sidney Crosby can do that but Sidney Crosby is also incredibly defensively responsible in his own end. And he can play defense as well as score goals. And he, that's that's the main reason why, how I look at the heart. And the heart, I feel like, is just more well-rounded. Like I feel like Ted Lindsay is more like Patrick Kane, Ovechkin, like that kind of area. And then heart is more like who's the best all-around player. So... I don't know. That's just I'm how I feel like, about it. I think Patrick Kane could I'm have had a good case for like it. I'm still thousand percent sold on it. But I, again, like, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to have to sit here. It's going to be Nikita, Nikita Kucherov anyways. So, like, it right. doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> um, you know, even even with their early, 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 early exit, mm-hmm. um, it's still going to be him probably. So I'm not really, yeah. so really concerned about that one. That one was, like, me being really nitpicky and kind of homery, I guess. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, two more things to talk about. John Tavares and Mark Stone will both join Team Canada. Um, and then Johnny Gaudreau, Derek Ryan, and Noah Hannafin will join Team USA for the Men's World Championship, which is coming up on May 10th. Uh, and then the U18 Men's Worlds wrapped up today. Um, Team USA played Canada in the semifinal, uh, and they won bronze, five, a final score of 5-2. to two. Um Jack Hughes becomes the all-time leading scorer at the IIHF U18 Men's World Championships with 32 points, passing Ovechkin's record of 31 points. Um, And then Sweden ended up winning the gold medal against Russia. That was a 4-3 win. Uh, Sweden has never medaled at this tournament at the U18, so that was pretty cool for them. Um, And Canada, as for Canada, Canada has no medals in this tournament since 2015, so it's been four years. So um, it'll be interesting to see, well, for U18, but it'll be interesting to see... um, how the men's world championships go because there are also rumblings that um, Matthew Kachuk and Austin Matthews could be joining uh, Team USA. I wanna, I really want Mitch Marner to join Team Canada. That would just be so fun. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. So May tenth, keep an eye out for that. Um, you can watch it on. I'm pretty sure they stream all the games on NHL Network, and then I have the IA, IIHF app that gives you all the teams you can follow certain teams and get like updates. And that's, it's funny. Cause I did that for worlds for world juniors. And, um, when someone scores, it's not like, like if you have the NHL app, it'll give you like the, the goal horn. But if you have the IIHF app, it'll like, there's like a girl's voice. That's like goal scored by Jack Hughes. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you for letting so me funny. know. It's really funny. The first time it happened, Thanks. I was like really thrown off. I was like, who is speaking? Um, so with that being said, let's move on to playoffs. So let's talk about, okay, let's talk about the ones that aren't as heartbreaking first. Um, because, okay, so so we're going to save, we're going to save Toronto and Vegas until the end because okay. 
I I was emotionally taken advantage of with those series. Um, sure. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about. Uh, we'll talk about. Do you want to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes first? Do you want to lead yeah, off let's, with? Let's start it off strong. All right, let's start it off strong. So the Carolina Hurricanes won their series against the Washington Capitals in seven games. Um, it was probably double overtime. Double overtime. It was a, a final score of four to three. Um, it was pretty exciting you wouldn't think that Brock McGinn would be scoring the game seven no if you'd ask me me who I thought would have finished that that would not be Brock McGinn no and Uh, I thought it was Justin Williams I thought it was Williams because I called you and you're like it was Williams and I was like it wasn't Mr. I thought it was and then I had to rewatch it and saw that Brock tipped it in um yeah he got an assist just yeah, it's. I mean, it, it. The play happened because the goal happened because, because of, of Williams, Williams. You know, yeah. Mister Game Seven. He um, has like eighteen. I'm pretty sure he has like fifteen points in eight games. Yeah, in game he's sevens. the he's the leader in points in Game Sevens, which is Isn't unbelievable. That crazy. I love that that nickname. Insane. You know, like how Johnny Gaudreau is Johnny Hockey. Like yeah. I love that nickname, and he has that trademarked. I think Justin Williams used to trademark Mister Game Seven. Game Seven. I, I think, think he should. You know what's funny about it though? Huh. If you watch videos from like the early part of that series where they, um, Sarah Sivian brought it up too. He hates that nickname, and he will roll his eyes. That gift that I've sent you before. Was, like, did someone bring that up? Yeah, anytime anybody brings that nickname up, he rolls his eyes. He cannot stand that nickname, which I think is so funny. But like, Justin, it's for the brand. <laughs> Justin, it's you. Like, what are you? What are you rolling your eyes at? This is you, right? Um, you did this. And that game was that game was so ridiculously stressful because I remember turning it on and the Caps went up two nothing really early, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take my dog on a walk. I'm just gonna I remember just... you text me that. You're like, I'm leaving. I yeah, was like, I was like, I'm okay. taking Annabelle on a walk. I'm having a outside. stressful time. <laughs> yeah, I get outside and I was walking my dog or whatever. And I think it was one nothing when I got outside. And then all of a sudden my mom called me and she's like, you're not going to want your she's like, just turn the TV off when you get back inside. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't. No. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, I'm going to keep watching. It's fine. Like, I believe in them. I'm wearing my lucky shirts. I'm wearing my lucky jeans. We're good to go. Mm hmm. So, hey, but bright side after those two goals, they never scored again. So, yeah. And it, I mean, it was unbelievable. Like they, uh, the Hurricanes came back. They, uh, Sebastian Ajo scored a shorthanded goal, which I called by the way. <laughs> and I, I was like, come on. I, I was, we had a group chat going of, uh, Shay, oh. me and oh. sister. Do you want to know about the group chat? You guys, <laughs> I legitimately had to mute the chat because and then I'd come back and I would just get the little red notification on my messages at one point I literally had like 116 messages and I went back and read them all and it's all of them it's literally Megan and Olivia just saying come on Canes let's go boys go Canes come on Canes score please Canes 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 and I was like guys you're saying the same thing over and over (laughs) I get it I know (laughs) it was I literally had to mute it and they were like and then you asked like like an actual question and I was like oh sorry I had this muted because I literally (laughs) was like yeah it was insane after I was like, are you it's funny because do you like the Carolina Hurricanes? I'm just, just, just a little bit. Um after the after Sebastian scored that short hand goal, I literally paced the rest of the night. I paced around my downstairs like part of my house and 
I mean, it worked, but I have never been so stressed out and I've never been more tired the day after a game. Uh-huh. My legs hurt so bad that next day because, because it went to double overtime and I started pacing in the first period, second period. I don't know. It was somewhere in the ballpark of pacing for like three hours. Uh-huh. Never doing that again. Um, I mean, it was just unbelievable. Like I, I've never been that nervous for a game seven mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Even when like the Blackhawks played the blues a couple years ago. Um, I know that, that one was, that one was more emotional than anything else. Yeah. Because I don't, if I remember that game, right. I don't think, I don't think they were even close to winning that game. I can't remember though. The, but like, which I, ones? I, the one against the game seven against the blues, like in 2016, the Blackhawks. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was, it was close for a hot minute. And then, but then the blues pulled away and I was like, yeah. Oh my God. And then I started like literally crying. Um, not that I didn't cry. I believe me. I cried on Wednesday night. I cried a lot. Oh no, no, no. Uh, it was a three, two game. It was, we scored, so we scored one in the first, they scored two in the first, we scored one in the second, they didn't score at all, and that was tied up, and then they scored in the third. Because I was like, I don't remember it being a blowout. I don't remember it being, I don't, it wasn't a, I knew it wasn't a blowout, but for some reason I thought that I, like, I remember losing hope, and I feel like the three... I feel like that like happened. Andrew Straw scored. I this came up on my time hop the other day because it really? was on it was on April twenty fifth, twenty sixteen, yeah. and all of my tweets from the game came on there. And there, I remember yeah. seeing one that was like, "I love Andrew Shaw," <laughs> and then and then it was like one that was Laz tweeted, and he was like, "Andrew Shaw is," or it was like, "Q says that Andrew Shaw is irreplaceable," and I was like, "And then what happened? Yeah. You traded him." Um. That summer. Oh, yeah. anyway. That's, but even like, that's um, another story. You're right, though. I did see that on my time hop because I saw it the next morning, the 26th. I saw the tweet from Mark Lazarus where I was like, it's something about like the sun rose this morning. It was um, like, we're okay. Like, everything's fine. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I was a very, I, it was a very close, the Canes and Caps game was really close for a good chunk of that. A good chunk of that game, it was tied. Jordan Stahl tied it up like really early in the third. Jumbo um, shrimp. Yeah, jumbo shrimp, as I, as my sister and I affectionately call him. Um, I love him so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just insane. I've never seen anything like that. It was a double overtime is also the worst especially an elimination game like that because you know you get through one and it. then you're like oh my god i have to do this again yeah and it was <laughs> like i i don't think the game finished until like midnight eastern time so i didn't get to bed probably i really probably didn't fall asleep until like 1 that evening and i had to wake up for work the next morning so yeah. that was great um like i said never been more tired in my life but i'm so proud of them and i i was telling my mom like i think Obviously, like they're, you know, we'll get to it, but they're doing pretty well, um, despite cir- certain circumstances, um, in the second round. But honestly, if they don't even, if somehow they don't make it past the second round, I am so endlessly proud of them for making it to the playoffs and proving that they're not just like a hockey team from Raleigh that's just irrelevant. Right. Um, they defeated the defending champs, and it wasn't like it, it wasn't like they beat it like. They didn't beat them easily, but right. Uh, it took it took back, a hot minute. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't back down when they went down like six to nothing in the fifth game. Um, they came back to Raleigh and 
showed the caps who was boss and right um i'm just super proud of them like i'm i don't know they're they've become my boys they're they're not the blackhawks but they're like second i think like i think they've beaten the stars and the canucks out at this point wow. i think they're, they're yeah i know i know i would have they expected beat- that anyway though because you live down there but that's the thing is like i think because i've um over the past year or so i've really started to go mo- go to more games and go to games not for the sole purpose of cheering for the other team, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I've been doing the past couple of years. Um, no, I'd only go to Blackhawks games or I'd go to like see the stars or I went with my friend to go see the Rangers a handful of times. So it was kind of like, a, like I was going to those games to watch the other team. Right. But now it's like, now I go to the hurricanes games to watch the hurricanes aside from when I, you know, see the Blackhawks. But even then, like, I think, this upcoming season, I think that game, if I can go, it's going to be really weird because past couple of years, it's been very easy for me to cheer for the Blackhawks and it still will be easy for me to cheer for them. It'll just be weirder than right. usual. Right. It'll be like watching the stars in Blackhawks game because those games are always weird for me. Um, I always have a tricky time with those because, you know, the stars are my boys. I shouldn't like another central team, but here we are. Hey, I like they're the Winnipeg like, Jets, so here like, we yeah, are. <laughs> I feel like the Stars and the Jets are like the least, and maybe the Avalanche are like the least problematic in the in the central. So oh, the Avs are so pure. Also, speaking of, did you sure. see? Did you see their Twitter thread that they did? That was like, "Hey, man, we got a lot of people jumping on our bandwagon. Come on, join us. Let me tell you about the team." And it was like a twenty thread. Like a twenty tweet thread that was like, it. "Here's our coach. His name is Jared Bednar." Blah blah blah. <laughs> Here's Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon likes eating this and this. Like it's so awesome. It was so awesome. I I quote tweeted it when it came out, and I was like, "Hey, these are my best friends. They don't know it yet, but they're awesome." And they they, they replied friends. to my tweet. They were like, "We love you," and I was like, "I love you more." Um, Literally, I well since we're talking about reply, it's the best. Since like, we're talking about um. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the abs. Why? Did we talk? About, oh, did we? I think we already talked about them. Did we talk about them already? No. Wait, no, abs- but like last week? Oh, maybe we did. Because I don't have them on my thingy. Because they they won their oh, series. Yeah, they won in five. In five. They won in five. They dominated. We already talked about them. I was like, wait, they're not on my sheet. Okay. Can we rehash <laughs> it for a second? They're really good. I'm excited. And they're playing – well, right now, Nathan McKinnon literally just a second ago scored an empty netter, so it looks like they're winning game, they're game two against the Sharks right now. So, okay, speaking of Sharks, let's talk about – oh, no. Oh, no, we're not going there. Um, St. Louis, Winnipeg. <laughs> we're bouncing around. We're bouncing around. St. Louis, Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg goes okay. down in six games. St. Louis moves on um, after a very convincing uh, – very convincing, I want to call it that, but um, 3-2 win in game six. Uh there was hope there for a hot minute. There there was a little something going there for a minute for the Jets after they completely dominated earlier in the season. I think it, uh, earlier in the series, I think it was like game three that they completely just kept, they just completely lit them up. And then from there, it yeah. just kind of, it just kind of went downhill. And then also like knowing that Nikolai Ehlers was playing on a fractured leg, like That's insane. that, that kind of puts a dent in things. And also I don't think Dustin Bufflin or, um, what's his face? Um, Oh, 
Oh, it wasn't, was it Tyler Myers or Adam Lowry? I can't remember. One of them was out for a while with the lower body injury and they kind of came back, I think a little bit before they were supposed to. Um, and that, I, I think that kind of leads to it as well, but St. Louis is hot and the hot team usually moves on. Um, and I mean, they both played, they played a pretty good series, but Winnipeg just didn't have it. Like, I look at that team and I was like, that's a team that could go to the cup final. That's a team that can go to at least the conference final with the core that they have. Like, yeah. if you look at them on paper and you look at the players that they have, I think they're really, really, really good. And they're going to be good for a long time, especially if they get Patrick Line racked up or racked up, locked up. Um, he is an RFA this year, so over the summer, so he's going to have to get something done if he wants to stay in Winnipeg. But um, yeah. other than that, I mean, I think they're going to be good for a long time, but it just. St. Louis is the better team, and St. Louis is hot right now, and they're riding it. So, I mean. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to be very nice. I'm going to be nice. Um, I didn't mention it, but I, Shay can attest to this. I made a lot, a lot of promises to the hockey gods. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of help the Hurricanes win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have a lot of things. Megan has a lot of deals with list. the devil, let me tell you that. Yeah, I sure do. Megan one and the devil are good friends. One of them is being nice to the blues, so. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I was, was like, I don't know if you could actually do this. You're like, no, I'm gonna be I nice. have I'm to gonna do be this. Nice. I've been nice. I've been nice. Yep. So I, I, I'm going to keep to it um, through the playoffs, and we'll see where that goes. But I thought it was impressive that they beat the Jets. I don't think. Wow, this is a big day. wasn't. I know. Um, something just what in my mind at least something just didn't seem right about the Jets like something wasn't clicking yes and it kind of felt like that the past couple months mm-hmm. to be honest and I kind of I picked St. Louis to beat them in my bracket um, but I don't I wasn't going to be upset either way like I, it, it was it was one of those series where it was like my heart would have rather Winnipeg win obviously but um, you know it's it is what it is it's not really Eh. Nah, meh. Eh. Um, also, just one more quick note, because um, this just came up on my phone. Um, the Avalanche did win game two, four to three. It is their first win in San Jose since December 2015. So just wanted to say that before I move on. All right, let's talk about Nashville. Let's talk about Nashville, Dallas. Uh, Dallas won that series also in a game six. Um, they took the series four to two. That was the series. That was like every first round. I was saying this to you. Every first round. I'm like, there's one team or one series that I just don't care about until it's like the end and one team is about to move on or get eliminated. And then I'm like, oh, I'll care. And that was literally, I watched game six and I was like, I missed six games of this. What? (laughs) It was like the first, the first game was good. Or maybe it was game two. I think it might've been game two. I think that's the one I watched where I was like, wow, this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the early ones were okay. But, yeah, the middle, the middle was like, eh. and, then and then the end, that, it was like, like the, oh my. Game six was amazing. Yes, that um, was goaltender game. It was so good. Yeah. And um, it just, yeah, that series was weird for me because I'm obviously cheering for the stars that I right. said earlier in this podcast. That they're one of my favorite teams. Um, and that's not really a surprise to anybody, I don't think. I think I've talked about that before. Um but they're, you know, they're my, they're my like tertiary boys. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, categorize them. You have so many. Yeah. I have, I have primary boys is the Blackhawks. Secondary boys is the hurricanes. And then tertiary is like the stars and the Canucks. Um, 
you know, just categorize. Yeah. And then there's like, I don't think there's a, a word for fourth, but there's like a fourth category of the, the teams that I like really casually follow. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I was surprised by game six because like you said, like literally those games in the middle were so boring Yeah. and I was trying to like get into it because obviously like I like the stars and wanted to watch their games. Um, cause I wanted them to win, but dang, those games were just, some of them were just rough. Yeah. It's kind of hard to watch. Like not cause and you always bad, but it's just ugh. like you always have the, that one series that it's like so much is happening. I can't watch every single series. So there's always yeah. one or maybe two that fall to the wayside and you follow like you check the yeah. scores and you check the Twitter, but like you're not yeah. actively watching. That was that series for me. It was for me. It was the it was like the stars and the predators. Only reason it was the Sharks and the Knights is because I couldn't stay up late enough to watch any of the games. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the Avalanche and the Flames. Like, those three series, I just, I followed so closely, like, secondarily. Like, I didn't, I followed the games, but I couldn't really watch any of them. Um, Like, the Stars always seemed to be playing when the Hurricanes were playing. So I missed a good chunk of most of those games. Um, I tried to watch them, you know. They staggered them enough where they were like playing during like a hurricane's intermission or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I think, I think I can agree with you on that one that, that I think that was kind of one of those series where I didn't super watch it. I tried to. So now we're going to get to this. Step. I'm going to pick the, the less painful of the two and we're sure. going to talk about Boston and Toronto because like Going into game seven, I was so confident. I was like, okay, this isn't 2013. This isn't last year's playoffs. This is a, this is a better team. Okay, we have John Tavares. It's we also have Jake chaos. Muzzin, right? Like, we have Jake Muzzin. Okay, we're doing much better, much better than where we were last year. Okay, we still have a lot of issues. Our defense is like Swiss cheese. Okay, literally... Literally, it was so bad. It was to the point where I, like, didn't mind Nikita Zaitsev on the ice. And I was like, what world am I living in where I don't care? What but I think that's also because he was paired with Jake Muzzin. And Jake Muzzin looks everyone, makes everyone look good. Um, he also had a daughter in the middle of the freaking series. His wife had, his, they had their first child, that. Luna. Literally played a game, got on a plane, was there for the birth of his child, spent a couple hours with his child, flew back to Boston. Oh my God. And then he scored that game. He scored in that game, I'm pretty sure. Or someone scored. And um, there was a clip from the Leafs Blueprint, which is like um, a document series that the Toronto Maple Leafs do. They've been doing it for like three seasons now. And it was a quick clip, and they're all in the locker room, and it's like cut to Jake Muzzin next to Austin Matthews. And Austin's like, for Luna, baby, let's do it for Luna. And I'm like, that is so soft. So anyway, that is really cute. I was like, that's so nice. And he's like, let's do it for Luna. Like all the boys I were like, yeah, for when, Luna. And I'm I like, love oh. when hockey players are like, yes, small children. So um, as you can guess, game seven in Boston's game sevens in Boston don't typically go well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, it was not a good game. It was a really bad game. And I wasn't like the, the Knights game. I was genuinely upset. Like, I was crying watching that. Watching Toronto, I was pissed off. 
because Austin <laughs> Matthews got 18 minutes of ice time in yeah, game so explain seven. That one to me. Explain that one to me because. Oh my God. So in, in my, and we were kind of talking about this earlier where you play a guy. Um, we were talking about this before, I think before we actually even started talking on the podcast. Um, like if, you, if a guy's hot, you play him, right? Like if, Yes. If a guy is, is rolling, you play him more. Austin because... Matthews had five goals in yeah. five games. I oh my don't God. understand Mike Babcock's Here's decision the thing. there. John he Tavares played... didn't even get that much ice time either, he did like he? He had 18-19. Patrick um... Marlowe was getting like 14. That's too but much. That to me is ridiculous. Play him Especially seven got... minutes. I don't like, care. Don't... You don't have to play the whole bench, dude. Like... It's game I don't know who seven. didn't tell him that, but it's, it's game seven. You put your bet. It's like baseball. When it's game seven, you've got like game seven, 2016. You've got Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, David Ross, Javi Baez. You have your superstars. Everybody. You have your best players. I don't care if Chris Bryant was supposed to get a day off. It's game seven. It's all or nothing. Your season ends Tonight, if you lose, you need to play. Like, you literally need to run Austin Matthews into the ground. You need to play him 25 minutes. He played Morgan Riley 27 minutes in game one. Okay? You play. That's what you're supposed to do in game seven. I wouldn't recommend doing it in game one, Mike. But doing it in game seven? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. The thing is, like, I don't really understand. And, like, the thing that confuses me is that, like, it's not like he's a rookie coach. At no, all. he's one. So he knows what he's, he's doing. One. But like, oh my I, god, it's frustrating because, and the other thing is too, he's a big believer in like literally splitting the power play. One minute for unit one, one minute for unit two. No, you're gonna put John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley, and like whoever else, Andreas Janssen, if you really want, Kasperi Kapanen, if you really want, and you're only gonna play him for a minute, and you're on the power play, and you're down a goal, down two goals. Yeah, no, they you should've... play your first unit until they physically cannot skate, and then yep. you get your second unit on there. Like, I don't, I don't know if he he's been there before. He's lost in Game Seven in two thousand seven. He lost in Game Seven, and then he went on and won it the next year. But like, I don't understand. How I don't get he it. Like, I straight up okay. don't get it. Like that he's that he thinks it's okay to not play Austin Matthews like 20, 25 minutes. I don't understand. It's Game Seven. And that's what that's what really made me piss off. Like, in the last couple minutes of the game, he had Marlowe and Hainsey on the ice. I was like, what are you doing? That's literally a hard pass. Double me. shift Austin Matthews. Double shift Mitch Marner. Double shift John Tavares. I don't exactly. get it. Like, do you not care that your season's ending? I get that you have to have that, like, okay, you like honest to God, it should be first line, second line. And then have your fourth line, maybe every once in a while, give your third yeah. line like 20 seconds and run your first and second line like through the ground. You run them until they physically cannot anymore. And I don't like, I don't understand why he doesn't see. Obviously I'm not an NHL coach, so I can't say like my opinion is right. And my viewpoint on this position is right. No, but like, but, I like, feel like you should play your, you should play your strongest players. Play your most. superstars. Play yeah. superstars. Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Like, I I don't understand. And I know, again, like what you were saying, like, I get it. I'm not a, um, you know, I'm, I'm, not, not, a, I'm not a head coach. 
I, I haven't ever been in that position. I just feel like you should play. It's game seven. It's all or nothing. Make it feel yeah. like it's all or nothing. That's and with that series, I was just pissed off because I went into game seven day, like super, super optimistic, super ready for it. Like I was excited for the game. I was excited to see what was going to happen. And then I was just pissed off by the end of it. Like I'm upset, but I'm upset in a way like, and this is, this is how you know that I care a lot about this team. And also like, I mean, I started following the Toronto Maple Leafs three seasons ago and I literally started following them because I clicked on a Steve Dangle video and I watched Steve Dangle and I was like, Oh, this seems like fun. And here I yeah. am now. But like, this is, this is cause this is the level of mad all I could get if the Blackhawks did something like this or if the Blackhawks like did whatever, yeah. I would get this level of upset. And I realized that after game seven, I like looked at my dad and I was like, so I really care about this team. eh? like, <laughs> I, I really care about them. Huh? So I was just pissed, but Watching San Jose Vegas and these, th- mind you, these game sevens happened on the same night. Like I, was, it was yeah, just yeah, that the, was also awful. <laughs> the hits just kept coming for me, and especially because these this was the two these were the two series besides the Avalanche one too. These were the two series that I was genuinely invested in because I genuinely follow and support the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Vegas Golden Knights. Like I am a fan of those teams. And, and those players. And so these were the two series that I genuinely cared about and followed every second of and every uh, off-ice media coverage of. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, woo, going into the third period, 2 nothing lead. Oh, yeah, Patrick Reddy scores, 3 nothing lead, feeling good, like 10 minutes left to the third. And then Cody Eakin, which I will preface this entire conversation by saying that it was not a penalty, should not have been a penalty, and Cody think, Eakin was not in the wrong. I think it should have been, I don't mind the cross-checking penalty, but I don't understand how it's a five-minute major. I don't get that. If I you watch, do not get that. If you watch film, or if you watch any Stanley Cup playoff game and watch a face-off, guys do that stuff every single face off he wasn't trying to cross check him he was literally going in for a battle in the face off circle if you watch any other team every guy does that okay and the fault of it and also like I'm not trying to take away from the fact that this is a terrible injury to Joe Pavelski and like I'm I love watching Joe Pavelski he's one of my favorite players like and I hope that he has a very speedy recovery and nothing happens because it was terrible watching him lay on the ice bleed from his head. Like that was just that terrible. Was awful. Like I, I have never seen anything like that. And what I, I really thought of never like to see anything like that again. What I thought of was Paul Correa get knocked out by St- Scott Stevens. That's literally what yeah, I thought of. And I literally I thought like of too. the first time I watched that video, of Paul Correa, I literally was saying there, I was like, that guy's dead. Like that guy is gone. Like it's, that's my first, that was my first impression of that video. And I do not wish anything bad upon any player, but well, no, the refs royally oh, screwed that, that was up so bad. They and it was um, it's, I'm pretty sure it was Dan O'Halloran who has been in the Western Conference final and the finals for like over a decade, and he's done. He's done. They told him he's not refing the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So and and they called Vegas, the referee, like the NHL referee or whatever, called. George McPhee and was like, yo man, sorry. Like they apologized for it. And not only like, not only does that call impact future, future calls like that and future plays like that, you know, it, it affects Vegas 
moving on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It affects Vegas revenue income. They're probably losing millions and millions of dollars because of that one call that should not have been called. And the other side of the argument, which I do attest to and I do understand, is like, okay, you're a Stanley Cup, like you're you're up, you're a team, you're an NHL team. You have NHL caliber players. You should not let four goals in on a five-minute power play. That's just unacceptable. You shouldn't let four goals in in four minutes. You should be able to kill it off. At least at least minimize the damage. If you're going to give up anything, give up maybe I mean, one or yeah, two. That's like, like, that was, I mean, so, I like, I see that part of it, but they also wouldn't have been in that position. Like, it yes. just, oh, it sucks so bad. Yes, and it is so unfair. Like I, yeah, and I'm I'm a huge Sharks fan. I love the Sharks, um, and I love Joe Pavelski. He is literally one of my favorite players in the league because he's a good American boy. Even more so, he's a good Wisco boy. Um, he's just like an all around good person and a good hockey player. Easily one of the best, if not the best, Sharks forward. Um, I I just. It sucks to see him go down, but I just don't think that that was the right call. No. Like, fine, call call cross-checking on it, because I know they've been called. Like, none of the calls have made sense the first round. I think the second round is a little bit better. I say that, and I guarantee you somebody's going to mess something up. Um, But the calls have mostly been better the second round, I feel, just watching a couple games. Um, But the first round, they were all over the place. Like, None of the calls made sense in the first round. Mm-hmm. None of them. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just I don't know why they like I don't know why the rule book goes out of the window at game eighty three. It does. I mean, like refs just, just don't follow it, and it's frustrating. And the understand. frustrating part, the frustrating part about that specific penalty as well is that the rule, the rule is you can't review a major, you can't review a game misconduct. As a referee, Which I you don't can't understand. Like, if anything, like I don't care if you're trying to go like review for goaltender interference, or I don't care if you're trying to uh, review for a high sticking. I think if someone is knocked on the ice and is almost unconscious and is bleeding from their head, and you're about to throw someone out of a game, I think you should be ab- like able to have the ability to go in and look at the video because that's something that's game altering, which we saw. Yep. That's something that's life altering that could affect Joe Pavelski's life down the line. Like. If you're going to make that big of a decision and that big of a choice in the middle of a game seven, I yep. think you should be able to be able to, to go back and, and look at the tape because it's ridiculous that you can't. Well, and, and I know it wasn't to the same, um, it wasn't to the same effect or anything, but um, like early on in the Hurricanes series against the Caps, Michael Furland laid a hit. I don't even remember who it was on. I really don't know. Um, oh, it was Nick Dowd. He laid a hit on Nick Dowd. I thought it was a clean hit. There was no contact to the head at all. It was shoulder to shoulder. Totally clean hit. They didn't review it or anything. They immediately just threw him out. Mm-hmm. And I just... The Hurricanes ended up losing that game in overtime. And obviously, like, it didn't end up mattering. It's not the same. It's just not the same as the um, the Joe Pavelski situation. But at the same time, like that changed that game. The Hurricanes had to kill off a five-minute major for no reason i don't i think they actually did kill the whole penalty off but like then you're without the the grittiest player playing against a gritty team like it's if they're gonna make calls like that they've got to make sure they've got the right call you can't just throw guys out of the game for the sake of throwing guys out of the game yes and that's the frustrating part it's so 
And so I watched that all unfold and I watched them score four and I was sitting there and a part of me was like, this is insane. This is fun. The other like 90% of me, I was straight up by the fourth goal. I was straight up crying. And when Jonathan Marchessault scored to tie it and send it to overtime, I was like full on in tears. Like that game was a roller coaster of emotions, but the aftermath of it, I think is a little bit more like, like in the moment, everyone was like, what is happening? Like what's going on? Um, I actually, I texted Charlie Romeliotis, my friend over at NBC Sports Chicago. I texted him and I was like, what, literally what's happening right now? What's going on right now? Like I, and he was like, I couldn't tell you. I could, I, I have no idea, but that game. And then they ended up uh, losing the game in overtime, uh, five to four. It was Timo Meyer who walked into the, walked into the zone and just walked like I just, it's it's so it made me so sad like I was genuinely so upset and the players were all upset too like Jonathan Marsh so sounded off like he dropped f-bombs and 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 just let let him have it and so it's but just it wasn't right it wasn't the right call it just wasn't no and that's the I frustrating think and like you can call, apologize it wasn't that. you can yeah. apologize but it doesn't change anything yeah it and that's the thing too because even after the even after the Furland one, they were like, yeah, we shouldn't have thrown him out. Well, it then why matter. did you? Then why did you? Like, and yeah, I get like, it doesn't matter. And I get the whole like, OK, be easy on the like, don't be so hard on the refs. Like their job is really hard. They have to make all these decisions in a blink of an eye in a split second. Like they need to think about all of the things that are happening and blah, blah, blah. But also like it's Dan O'Halloran. This guy has been a veteran referee in the NHL for decades now. Like. Yeah. He, if anyone, should have the experience and, like, the knowledge to be able to make a correct decision. And they huddled and they talked about it. Like, how do you not? Like, I don't. And that's the part where it's you You need to have video review. Yeah, you, you do, need to. Because it was something that is that massive and that has the effect to You're looking at it out make, of context, basically. Like, that has the power to impact a game as much as that does. I think you should be able to review it. And I think it's complete BS that you can't being straight up. Like, I think I don't, and it's not even, it's not even for the hockey side of it. Like that's a big part of it. Like changing the course of a series or a game. Honestly, it's more about the health of the players. Like the play, like Joe Pavelski, Joe Pavelski, honest to God, if it was any worse, he probably wouldn't be playing hockey ever again. You know, like being able to review it and seeing what happens and being able to see like, okay, what if Joe Pavelski got hit and they didn't know how he fell? Like, what if they didn't like, what if the refs in real time, one guy was on a weird angle and they didn't see how his head hit the ice? Like, did he hit it on his own? Did he hit it on like from the back, from the side? Did a, did a stick hit his head? Did he run into a skate? That could be something that they could tell a team doctor and be like, okay, he hit it at this impact. That impacts yeah. this part of your brain. Like he hit his shoulder at this point. It could be affecting this muscle or this joint. Like it's not just, it's not just for the sake of the game. It's for the sake of the health of the players and keeping them safe. Like that's just for, like, and I get once the hit happens, like it happens and you can't go back and undo the injury. But if you have any information that you can go back and be like, okay, this is how he hit his head on the ice. This is how we should treat it. Like, I think it's worth it to do it in that sense too. So yeah, I just the whole thing was just a mess, and I I woke up the next morning and I was so. First of all, 
I didn't expect my timeline to be filled with pictures of Joe Pavelski laying on the ice with blood coming out of his helmet. That's really not what I wanted to wake up to. Um, but like I, I, people were just so, so upset about it, like on mm-hmm. both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was, I, I, that was all people talked about on Twitter, like that whole next day. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those freak plays. Like, obviously, like, I don't think Cody Eakin meant for him to do that. Like, it's he because if you watch it. Um, and, and he's I'll not that sure player. That, no, he's not. And he played for the stars. Like, so I've seen him play. Um, he, You're right. He's not. He's just not that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll make sure to, um, to to retweet. I'll find a video of it. Um, hopefully without the whole Joe Pavelski laying on the ice situation. Um, but. It's it the way it happens is Cody Eakin kind of like they take the face off. Cody Eakin shoves him. It looks like a cross check. Again, I would have been fine if it was just a two minute minor cross check. Cross checks him. Pavelski stumbles a little bit. Stastny runs into him because he can't stop because he's going forward on skates. You can't just stop. And he was basically right behind Pavelski and they just kind of Tangle up, yeah. His feet tripped under him, yeah. And Pavelski falls to the ice and basically head first. And, like, yes, it looks awful, but at the same time, I just. And, like, what I watched and I listened to, um, there's a Vegas, there's a Vegas Golden Knights podcast that I listened to. I think it's like Sheriff the Lawless and some guy named Dave. That's the. That's the title of the podcast, but it's the TV guy for the the TV guy, and then there's a, a former player for the NHL, and um, one other guy that's within the the media team for the Vegas Gold Knights, um, and they were talking about they saw him on locker cleanout day, and he was like between like people talking to him and like just getting stuff like clean up, like he was crying like the whole day, like he was and he was so apologetic and he was so like that's not the kind of player he is and he didn't intentionally mean for that to happen. And of course not. People have been ripping him for it. And I feel so bad. He's not like Ryan Reeves or like Evander Kane or I'm trying to think of other guys. I can't think of anybody else right now, but like, you know, like big guys who like Tom Wilson. Oh my God. Tom Wilson. How could I forget noted scumbag Tom Wilson? Um, he he's just not that kind of guy who just like throws around people just for the yeah. sake of throwing people around. Um, and I, I, you know, it just, it sucks because it just isn't how that series should have ended. Like fine, no. whatever. Like if the, if the sharks had come back, like it's, they're allowed to come back, but it just sucks because it changed the course of that series. And it's going to change the, the course of history. Like people are going to yeah. remember this game for that moment, which sucks. Yep. And like that series for that moment, um, when a lot of other players had really good moments. So um, let's move on to round two. Um, just kind of like go through um, the series and the matchups now. So in the Easter Conference, we got the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Boston Bruins. That series is tied one-to-one. Matt Shane scored an overtime, double overtime last night. Uh, it was a pretty sick goal kick to stick. Um, the, the New York Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina is up 2 nothing after um, losing every single player known to man today. Um, I literally, <laughs> they have nobody left. They, oh, they're going to have to call up Rod Brindamore. They're going to have to do it. He's just going to have to step on the ice and play. <laughs> Rod, actually, we need you. 
I said that to my sister and um, there's actually a video of him from practice a couple of days ago and he's like running drills with Svechnikov, like legit on the ice doing drills with him. And I'm like, Aww. all right, Rod, you know what? Rod, you can play. Just step in. Just do it. Um, I know he would do it. And then over in the Western Conference, we got the Colorado Avalanche versus the San Jose Sharks. That series is tied one to one after Colorado's win tonight. And then the St. Louis Blues and the Dallas Stars. That is also tied one to one. So basically, Carolina and New York are the only uh, the, is the only series that um, isn't tied at the moment I'm after be two games. With you, that scares me. I don't like that <laughs> at all. Hey, it'll be a lot of chaos. And speaking of chaos, let's talk about the wildcard chaos squad, the name of this oh, you mean, uh, episode. You mean my favorite chaos squad? So my this favorite is, squad ever. This is the first time in NHL history that both both the first overall seeds in each conference, so the Tampa Bay Lightning from the East and the Calgary Flames from the West, were out in the first round. And it was also the first time in NHL history that every division winner from the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference have been eliminated in the first round, which means that the wildcard teams of Dallas and Colorado in the West and Carolina and Columbus in the East have won their series and moved on to the second round. So the whole thing, the whole storyline going around is they're the wildcard chaos squad because every single wildcard team went on. And the last time that happened, a wildcard team just had a run was 2012 and the LA Kings were a wildcard spot and they won the Stanley cup. So we'll see if a wildcard team can, uh, can pull one I'd out be here. Super here for it because like, give me a Colorado. I like all four of the wild card spots. Like give me a Colorado or Dallas versus Carolina or a CBJ um, final. That would just be yeah. so fun. Literally, like, give Colorado me, Columbus final. Oh, give me Columbus. Give me Matt Duchesne. and Carolina. Give me Matt Duchesne completely versus, salty. Oh my God. Give me that. That would be so funny. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yes. No, I want. I want the battle of the. Uh, natural disasters, hurricanes and uh, avalanche. That's what I want. Oh my God. No, it, someone said that if the San Jose Sharks play the Carolina Hurricanes, it'd be a shark. Oh, yeah, a shark That would be so good too. <laughs> I saw that I on Tumblr today, that. or I saw that on Twitter today, and I was like, that is. That's so true. Um, I, you know what? Yeah. I'm here for every outcome. Honestly, from this point on, I was going to say it, but I, I've got to be nice. I don't care who wins the Stanley Cup out of the eight teams left. Like, really? I don't mind. I like all eight teams. I am a Colorado I don't Avalanche mind all eight fan. Teams. <laughs> so I like huh? the – I was like, I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan. That's so totally fair. I like totally – I want the fair. Avs to win. That would just be so fun. Honestly, though, like, I, I just want what the most chaotic matchups would be um, because that would just be really fun. Um, but – We'll see what happens. I mean, that last last night was the seventh straight overtime game um, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's been fun, and teams are really now. This is the point. Like sometimes in the first round, like we saw with um, Dallas a couple times against Nashville, and then Columbus against Tampa. Uh, a lot of the games in the first round can be blowout games, and they can be kind of just like really swayed to one side but once you start getting deeper in the playoffs it's a more like a more intense time of year players are really stepping it up into the next gear and they're playing tough and the scores kind of get lower like there's not as many blowout games the later you get into the playoffs which is super fun because it creates more of an electric atmosphere and just more like pressure and adrenaline for the games especially to watch which is really fun and that's what i was saying like i feel like all of all four of the matchups seem like pretty even matchups. Like they don't seem as lopsided as some of them did in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, especially, I feel like the, um, 
I feel like the two in the East feel really, really well matched. The Boston-Columbus like, one is my favorite so far. Yeah, I love that, that series. Good. I love it. Like, yeah, oh. Did you see I Brandon Nabinsky's comments? He was talking to a reporter yeah, yeah, or something, I did, I did. and he was like, they, they asked him about um, if he was excited to go back home to Columbus for the next two games, and he's like, yeah, our fans are going to be more exciting than the Bruins fans were here, like, blah, 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 all this stuff, so I was like, shots fired! So we'll yeah, see what Brad I... Marchand, like, the whole thing with Brad Marchand and Cam Atkinson, and Cam Atkinson's like, Brad Marchand owes me $300 because he broke my stick. That was so funny. And he's like, should he write it cash or should he write a check or, or use credit Venmo? or debit or Venmo? And he's like, cash, straight cash. I'm like, you're a G, Cam. That's, you're it's so fun. G. It's so fun. And like St. Louis, Dallas, like that game last night was super fun. Like battle of the central division. That one's awesome. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I, so far I'm liking the matchups. Um, oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving every piece of this. Yeah. And like I said, honestly, whoever comes out on top of these series, totally cool with it. I'm obviously like there's one that I kind of would prefer the other team over the other one, but it's fine. We're not going to talk about it. We're not, upsetting, nice. we're not upsetting the hockey gods today, Megan. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. All um, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been fun, dude. It's, it's It'll be interesting to see where we're at in a week because... Oh, yeah. It can I totally think all change. Of them, I think it will totally of, change. Yeah, I think all four of them are still going to be playing in oh, a Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't think any of these are going... I don't think any of them are going to be a sweep is what I'm saying. My... Uh, well, they can't be now. I mean, besides Carolina. But I don't... I don't... I, I guarantee you the Islanders are going to take a game here. Oh, they it's will. It's going to suck, but I guarantee you they will. Because well, and everyone's they... blaming Barclays Center. <laughs> oh, my God. Barclays is so bad. Can we talk about that for a second, actually? It's so a bad. quick second. It's so bad. Like, the Jumbotron is off center, which makes me mad. That there's a whole bothers part of me. It, there's a whole part that, like, where, like, if fans sit there, you can't see the net below you, which I don't like. And then... Like, it just, like, the camera angles suck. And I'm sitting here trying to watch the game. I'm like, what is happening? Like, I feel like I'm watching it from, like, 80 feet from the ice. Yeah. Further than that. I feel like I'm watching it, like, the next rink over. It's just so bad. And I know it's because Barclays wasn't built for hockey. Like, it was built for concerts and for basketball. Cool. Great. But, um. You have a hockey team there. You, they should be playing at the Coliseum then. Well, I don't and that play. the thing with the Coliseum is that they are genuinely like they're genuinely genuinely concerned about the infrastructure and if it could handle like the intensity the rest of the playoffs offers and like the amount of people in the building and like yeah. like they they said that like the reason why they're not doing it there is because as the playoffs go on, like more fans are going to be coming and like, it's going to get more intense. And like, I mean, I get it, but like, they're like genuinely concerned about the building and like how old it is. (laughs) Like, which is sucks because it's such a fun building. And like the atmosphere is incredible. Yeah. Like the atmosphere is incredible. And so everyone's been blaming that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But I think, yeah, I think the Islanders are going to, I think I, I have all of them going game seven. I my bracket, like my second chance bracket, yeah. all of all of these series are going game seven for me. I think so too. I I just I don't know. That's why I'm nervous that the Hurricanes are up to nothing. I don't like that. I mean they're they're gonna have to figure something out next game because they literally have they're gonna be playing with the Checkers team 
They're literally <laughs> going to be an AHL team next, <laughs> next game. Hayden Fleury, here's your chance. <laughs> I don't, yeah, really. Like, Islanders, take the win, please. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Like, literally, it's going to be. Because they, they decided to call up. I don't even know. I'm not Why do they time. call him up and not Scott Darling? I don't know. I We were I talking know. about that earlier. I was like, oh, yeah, I they're going to call Darling up. <laughs> I don't know if Scott Darling's playing again, though. Oh, is he not? I don't know. I don't think so. I haven't heard his name in a while. Well, I mean, he's playing down in the AHL, so. But I, but I follow the checkers. Oh, really? Yeah, because. Yeah, I do. They're like it's like them and the Rock, uh, the Rockford Ice Hogs are the only AHL teams I care about. <laughs> the last, um, like the most recent story, was February tenth when he was granted the leave of absence from the Hurricanes for a personal issue. Yeah, I literally I have not heard anything since that. Anything. Interesting. I wonder yeah. if he's playing. I don't think he is. Like I don't even think he's on the rosters for like the AHL. Like, I'm gonna look up. Playoffs. I'm gonna look up the roster. I'm gonna look up the because are the checkers in the uh, in the playoffs they're still, yeah they're still in the playoffs yeah they um just moved on to the second round okay hold on i'm looking at the roster right now no he's on the roster oh is he he's on the roster I don't think he's playing though like i don't think he's like actively even playing let's see the last game let's see let's look at this season he played 14 games this year for the checkers i it doesn't say his it doesn't say his most recent game, though. Like, that's what I'm trying to look for. It, it like, literally says Scott Darling game by game, and it's empty. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, well, with that, let's move on to our power plays. Um, Megan, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one first, as I always do. All right. I can go first. Okay. I'm down for that. Mine's real lighthearted this, uh, I was this gonna week, because I just couldn't... I wanted to sit here and talk about the Hurricanes, but I knew we were going to talk about them anyways. So I was like, well, we'll talk about something that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay, go. So, this week, like I said, super lighthearted. I feel like the last couple weeks have been really intense in my power plays. And you know what? I just want to kick it back and talk about how much I freaking love goaltenders. I love them so much. If I had to pick a like favorite position, it would be goalies. I think they're weird... They're extremely superstitious like I am. They wear big pillows for pads. That's fantastic. I love pillows. And they're just usually, like, outstanding people. Like, most of them are really good people, like, on and off the ice. And um, I just want to give, like, a really nice shout-out to all my faves, fave goaltenders because there are a lot of them. And I think I've maybe mentioned this Um like, even my tag on Tumblr for, like, anything goalie-related is goalies are just so pure um, because they are. They're just a weird bunch, and um, I just want to give them some love because I feel like sometimes people rat on them and get down on them when they, you know, let a soft goal in or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't make the goalie sad. Please don't make anything but making the goalie sad. Literally make anybody else sad. Not the goalies. Goalies do not deserve that. They do not deserve the slander. Um, plus, I feel like, and I've never obviously been on a hockey team. I haven't been a goaltender or anything. But, like, there are only two of them on each team, sometimes three. So, like, I feel like their position is also a lot more um, independent, maybe, is the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, they don't have, like, a forward group to be a part of or, like, a defense 
like a defensive core to be a part of. So they're kind of on their own, like doing their thing. So I'm going to shout out really quickly my top, my top fave goaltenders, obviously Corey Crawford, Colleen Delia up there at the top, Cam Ward up there at the top. Um, Peter Mrazek has worked his way to the top. Uh, Braden Holpe, Marc-Andre Fleury, Tuka Rask, Scott Darling, of course, Carter Hart, Thatcher Demko, Martin Jones, Ben Bishop, Jose Saros, Connor Hellebuck. I feel like that runs through most of them. I know I've got other ones I like. I just, those are the ones that came to mind. And you know what? I just felt like they needed some love tonight in this in this podcast. This that, is like five for five that Megan has gone at least 30 seconds over her. <laughs> I had to get all of them. I know, I know. That was a good one. I felt like I just needed to chill out because I feel like my podcasts are usually, my podcast, my um, penalty, oh my God, I can't talk. My power plays are usually aggressive and. Yeah, that's a good word. If we don't need them to be aggressive all the time, sometimes it can be fun to just chill out, talk about goalies, and just, you know, have a, have a good time. I agree, I agree. Cool, glad we agree on that. <laughs> I think you knew that, though. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. All right, go ahead. Okay, so I got really inspired because U18 Men's Worlds is happening, well, just finished happening today, and Men's World starts May, 18, May 10th, so I wanted to talk about some players that are in uh, the USN TDP, I always get those last ones mixed up, um, the program, basically, that are projected to be top prospects in this upcoming draft, and how Team USA is just on the rise to produce these top players and how it kind of speaks to the youth level and the grassroots level of USA hockey. Um, so eight are expected in the first round in a mock draft scenario, um, just based on rankings right now of where they are at. So Jack Hughes, obviously number one, New Jersey Devils. He's not committed to go anywhere. Um, he's 17 years old. Number six, Alex Turcotte. I think that's Turcotte. I think I would not mind if the Blackhawks took him. Um, he would be going to the Detroit Red Wings. He's committed to the University of Wisconsin. He's 18 years old. Um, at 11th, you got Matthew, Matthew Boldy, who would be expected to go into the Philadelphia Flyers. He committed to Boston. He's also 18. Uh, Trevor Zegris, I think that's how you say his name, would projected to be go 14th overall to the Arizona Coyotes. He is committed to Boston University, and he's also 18. Cole Caulfield, who is the love of my life. This boy is so good at hockey. Um, he would go 20th overall, and honestly, if the Blackhawks stole him, I would not be mad either. Um, to the Buffalo Sabres, he's also committed to Wisconsin. He is a Wisconsin boy, um, 18 years old. Spencer Knight would go 22nd overall to the Rangers. He's also committed to Boston, 18 years old. Cam York, who is the second best-ranked defenseman in this draft, um, would go 23rd overall. The, the Pittsburgh Penguins, he's committed to Michigan. He's 18. And then Alex Flasick would go 31st overall to the Boston Bruins, also committed to Boston University. Uh, he is 17 years old. I'm going over time, just letting you know. Um, <laughs> um, so at Worlds, Hughes, uh, Boldy, and Cowfield were the top-scoring players for Team USA, um, Hughes had 20 points, Boldy had 12, and Caulfield had 18. He had 14 goals, which is like a, a, a record. It's insane. Um, but all, all those other players, Turcotte had 9 points, Zegris had 9, Knight had uh Knight's a goalie, so he was 5-1-0, and and then York had 11 points, and Vlasic only had one point, and he didn't have a very good uh, tournament, but at Worlds, they won the bronze medal, they had a 6-1 and record, um, losing to Russia in the semifinals, um, 
They were first in goals per game in power play, which is 35.9%, second on the penalty kill at 84.62%, and third in save percentage at 91.67%. And then they play in the USHL um, league. So this year, this past season, they had 62 games. They were 30, 24, 2, and 6. They also count shootout losses as different from overtime losses. Um, they had 68 points, which is a 548 win percentage. Um this is probably one of the most stacked teams the program has ever seen. And you're going to be adding Luke Hughes next year, which is the third of the Hughes brothers to go through the program. Um, but I think it was just really important to to recognize that it's not just Canada and not just Sweden that are producing top prospects. Team USA is really getting into the mix the last couple of years. And um, I think it's a pretty telling, a telling thing that um, Jack Hughes is an American that's projected to be the best player in this draft by a mile and a half. So um, I just wanted to bring some light to it, and I also just love my boys, and uh, I think they played a really great tournament despite getting bronze. They really could have gone and got the medal. They lost to Russia in overtime uh, yesterday on Saturday, so I just wanted to give some give some props to my boys. So yeah, so that's about it for this week. Nicely um, said, nicely said. Thank you. Um, that's about it for this week. Do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, we wrap this up? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I think I am podcast I am talked out. out. Yeah. I was going to say, well, it's bedtime cuz I'm a grandma. <laughs> uh, same here, dude. I was at my cousin's uh my cousin uh had a housewarming party yesterday with his fiance and it hit like nine o'clock and my cousin Rachel and I, who is four years four years older than I am, we both looked at each other and were like, It's bedtime. We need to leave. Time to go to bed. <laughs> it's time to go home. So um, we're turning into grandma slowly but surely. But uh, thanks for tuning in again this week. Um, and thank you for everyone who has been following um, our social medias on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Uh, Megan's doing a really good job with running all of that. So props to her for that. Always adding to the story. Always making sure to retweet stuff and um, linking everything that we talk about on the podcast so it's easily accessible for you guys. So thank you for doing that. Um, and thank you for following us on our Twitter our social medias um let us know what you think in the comments rate us review us tell your friends um tell your family my mom every single week posts on her facebook she'll share it and just be like enjoy so thanks mom for that uh we're getting a couple more listens because her old college friends are tuning in um which is really fun so thank you again for listening uh i'm sure we're gonna have a lot more to talk about as the playoffs roll on we've already had so much to talk about and they won't be as petty as they were today i was just very extremely hurt um but it's fine you know what we gotta be petty every once in a while i feel like um i feel like you know you can't can't talk about the playoffs without being petty exactly it's just how I'm jamie ben. especially the first round i'm jamie ben right now yeah that's how i'm feeling right now so exactly. um we will see you guys next week and until then go avs go canes go stars go whoever you want to win cheer them on have fun go go jackets yep. um and we'll see you guys next week have a good one guys